current events, politics, technology, opinion, and theology. We are the Warriors on the Wall podcast. Welcome. This is the 11th episode of Warriors on the Wall. Unfortunately, we had some sound issues, and so we moved over to Skype for a conversation with one of our new guest hosts, Sean Landis, um, Steve Bremner, and myself. Now, Travis Brown was not able to attend, unfortunately, but we had a great conversation um, about Charlottesville and around uh, some other things. It's kind of rough, so I pray that you forgive us, uh, but I just wanted to touch base, let you know that uh, it might skip around a little bit. We edited uh, edited it down uh, pretty well, uh, but I just wanted to give you a heads up before you start listening, uh, but it was a great conversation. Um, please think about joining us at facebook.com forward slash warriors on the wall and liking the page. Um, we'll be sending out a copy of Carlos Rodriguez uh, Simply Sonship autographed uh, to the person that likes our page soon. I'm going to run a contest here soon. But uh, anyway, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get this episode started. Um, this intro is a little different than normal just because uh, the audio issues prevented us from doing a proper intro. So uh, we're going to take it away with Steve Bremner first, and then we'll start in on the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Is there anything new with the uh, with you, Steve? Um, nothing that I can talk about publicly, if that's what you mean by new. Um, no, just continuing to teach stuff down here in Peru in our school, and uh, published another audiobook recently for someone. So I'm waiting for that to get accepted, and and then I got another audiobook besides that where I'm waiting on the author to approve it and, and publish it. And I don't really hear much from him. So I don't know when that one's going to be online. But other than that, uh, not a lot of interesting new stuff since the last time. So no, uh, no interviews with Michael Jackson or anything like that. Oh, you're bad. <laughs> well, I'm, I, we were supposed to discuss that, right? Well, the person, <laughs> the person that that applies to will never hear this conversation anyway. So, but, uh, <laughs> Oh, it was just too easy. It was right there. I had to grab it. <laughs> right, but uh, no, nothing like that. Very good. Wait, have I, did I have my uh, my daughter since the last time we? Who? What was the last one we did with praying medic? Uh, yeah, I think so. I can't remember if my daughter was already born or not when we did that, but uh, I got a three month old who finally fell asleep by the time we recorded this. Not that it mattered because it took us so long to to get this sorted out tonight, but <laughs> only half an hour. Only. Yeah. Well, so, it yeah. seems like that's uh, the par for the course most of the time when we try to do a podcast. Yeah, I, I, it hasn't been that bad. Like, well, when we first started doing these, I don't remember it being so difficult to get on the Uber conference or whatever it's called. But all right, 
Skype works for me. <laughs> so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a pretty major event uh, in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Um, just kind of to give a brief recap of what happened. Uh, the white supremacists, white nationalists, they all gathered around the statue of Robert E. Lee uh, to try and keep the city from tearing down that statue. And uh, they had tiki torches in hand, and some of them came uh, armed, and they had uh, homemade shields, and they were all wearing uh, body armor and all this kind of stuff, which sounds kind of terrifying. But for the most part, from what I had heard from uh, some friends and some sources that were nearby, it was largely peaceful until the counter-protests showed up. Um, the counter-protesters involved Antifa, uh, and then there was also clergy counter-protesters that showed up that, of course, was trying to remain peaceful uh, as well, and of course they were. Um, but unfortunately, when you have violent uh, conflict on two sides, some coming from communism communist side and then you had the others coming from a nazism perspective um there was some massive violence in charlottesville and as a result um there was uh a young woman who was killed uh heather Hare, uh who was killed by uh uh i don't even remember his name and i'm not going to say the scumbag's name on the podcast but he yeah. ran into a crowd of people and killed heather Hare. um so before we get into the nitty gritty, what are y'all's uh, thoughts on kind of the I, kind of the things that happened in Charlottesville? Well, obviously, from here in uh, here in Pennsylvania, here in the states, it's been kind of a big thing, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, I've been listening to quite a few podcasts of different people, and they're giving their perspective on things, and it's just kind of uh, it's it's been what's in the news a lot lately. Um, um, I, I know I was, I was I caught a little clip of a I think a former KKK member and he said um, he said you know one of the best things you could actually do in these situations is to basically just ignore it like just if if you know that there's going to be some kind of KKK gathering in the city like plan something like a little daily thing or whatever off another part of the city and don't even give these people don't even give them any attention at all and that that's one thing that'll kind of maybe make them mad but it'll just kind of frustrating because they want the attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was watching things, and I was just it was just totally disgusting. Everything that was going on from here in the states, it was just very disgusting. And um, yeah, I just I was pretty much disgusted by the whole thing, basically. So, Steve, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm more of an outsider looking in with regard to this in particular. And the day it happened, I think it was like in the evening. I'm starting to see things in my social media about it including footage. Uh, it was the Saturday, right? Not the Friday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the footage of, of started that car that had gone into the, the crowd and stuff. And I don't think anyone was saying uh, anybody had died from their injuries yet, uh, but they were saying like, up, you know, like something like 20 people had uh, been injured by it. Uh, and so for me, it was more like, I'm just kind of, you know, getting a little bit of my finger on the heartbeat from like social media and everyone posting about it. Uh, but in the days that, that followed, I guess I, I, I've purposely stayed away from posting anything about it or anything. Like I've not contributed to the conversation anyway, because I felt like I need more information, uh, about this before, you know, jumping into the fray in any way. And ultimately I've just not bothered, but I will say 
that when when the president uh, made his thing his his statement about uh, you know he, like he took two days to to condemn or whatever. Uh, sure, I thought that was kind of um, you know bad on his part, but everyone's beaten that to death. But when he when he did state that you know that about you know good people on both sides or whatever, uh, I may, I may just be uh, inviting you know vitriol on me, but I really didn't understand what was so bad about him having said that um, because I've seen on my Facebook I've got liberal minded friends and and more conservative minded friends, and I've seen people on both sides posting things. Um, about, you know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter or, the, you know, these alt-right and alt-left, you know, groups. Um, evidence that, like, their side is peaceful and it's the other side that's the, the, the troublemakers. And so I'm like, gosh, like, you know, if I had just come from Mars and uh, and then observed uh, this this situation, I would I would have no clue who's right or who's wrong, you know, like from the outside. I mean... Not like I, I'm already a bit of an outsider on this, but so, I mean, th- those are some of my initial thoughts on it. Like I, I'm still just kind of keeping my mouth shut and just watching and seeing what's happening. Cause I mean, yeah, Nazis are bad, but so is Antifa. No. So it's like, yeah, KKK is bad. And so is like in the extreme sense, black lives matter, you know, but like I get, mm-hmm. I get yeah. what they're in theory meant to be doing, but like, I see the, uh, the, uh, these kind of extreme, you know, outcomes and stuff. So, um, it's just, it's just a mess, I guess you could say I find it to be. Yeah. It's a mess all around really. Well, and the pain that I actually have had over this whole situation is the fact that, you know, unfortunately, um, I am more of a libertarian slash conservative slash, you know, uh, in that general direction. And uh, I happen to be a, um, you know, a, a guy that really loves the history uh, of the Civil War, and I also like to kind of study uh, all of that stuff. And I'll tell you that uh, for the most part, um, the white nationalists or whatever that were out there had some decent points, but overall the whole white national campaign of white lives matter and all that kind of stuff is despicable it's disgusting it's gross um but so is preferring any race above another you know that's one of the reasons why i have a fit with black lives matter or uh black panthers or whatever they're just as extreme as the other um so giving one a pass just because they support you know a a, a black person versus a white person isn't fair um, I immediately came out against um, both sides of everything, and then I had people like saying that I supported white nationalism or that I was a white supremacist by not condemning white supremacy when I was condemning both sides. And I was mm-hmm. basically stating that Antifa is the Communist Party. They are basically the, the armed uh, militia of the Communist Party. Uh, and then you've got the fascists, the, uh, the, the, the Nazis out there that are the armed uh, side of Nazism, which both mm-hmm. sides are actually part of socialism. So yeah. not really sure how they're able to try to throw Nazism on the right like they're successfully doing in a campaign because it's not true. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, did you <laughs> did you want me to add anything else to that? Because yeah. I don't have anything. Keep talking. Yeah. Yep. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with uh, with what both you guys are saying. It's just the whole thing is, for one thing, the whole thing is just a mess, and it's just kind of like, I mean, is there anyone there that we actually agree with, or you know, is it just? Um, but yeah, it's just the whole thing's a mess, and it's just it's disgusting what's going on. It's disgusting even when what's going on in this country with as far as racism goes. I mean, it's um, you know, we we tore down segregation years ago, and it seems to be creeping back up again. So it's um, yeah, it's just it's it's sad to see what's going on. Well, and it's not just segregation either, because when you dig into the whole segregation uh, thing, you've got a lot of like colleges that are doing like these safe rooms where white people aren't allowed. Yeah, uh, you're doing. You you see all of these different things where you know if you're white you can't apply, like the the whole Hamilton thing. If you're yeah. white, don't even bother trying out. You know it, and I'm not trying to make a cause for you know saying that we are being persecuted because we're white skin. Um, but the, the amount of vitriol out there over being white is a lot greater than the vitriol that's the opposite direction. I mean, um, you would never see a rap artist walking around with a shirt on saying F black people, but yet there are rap artists walking around with these full suits saying F white people. Like, seriously, I mean, the, the racial tension in this country is very, very dangerous, but... I will also say that I will support um, the right to speech, no matter how crazy it may seem, as long as it's not injuring or harming someone else. And that's kind of where part of this conversation gets into, because they're talking about trying to outlaw certain levels of hate speech. But hate speech is just speech as long as it's not an actual threat. Yeah. I mean, you're free to speak what you want, but that doesn't mean you're free from the consequences that might come from it. So it's um, that's one way to kind of look at it. Well, I, I got a question uh, to go back to how uh, the the event that they revolved around that uh, that statue, the Robert E. Lee. Right. So like when exactly like did did the statues and monuments and things on American soil start mm-hmm. mattering in this way? Uh, yeah. you know, with, with regard to, uh, you know, he was a Confederate or whatever, like when, when did people start or, or, you know, or maybe when did it start becoming kind of fashionable? I, I guess you could say, uh, that this, this was newsworthy, uh, event, you know, that people were staging rallies and things like this. Cause it doesn't seem to me like that many years ago, you would, you would hear that kind of thing, or maybe even years ago. I don't know. It just, it seems to be a fairly recent thing because even, even in Canada, it seems like that we're copying this kind of outrage now. And, um, like the first prime minister of Canada, well, there's like some school in Ontario where it's named after him. And there was like this protest where they want to change the name because of like all these bad things he did, you know, to the, the first nation, we call them first nations, you know, the equivalent of native Americans. And, um, I'm like, I'm just seeing more news in my kind of Canadian sources that are basically like the same type of news, you know, the same type of thing that's going on. So it's like, when did this happen? I, I must've fallen asleep or something. Cause it seems like I just woke up one day and now this is going on. 
I think some of it started when uh, the whole Dylan Roof shot up the church in Charleston, because mm-hmm. that's when the furor over um, the Confederate the- flag took over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just to clarify, that flag that they were arguing about was not necessarily the Confederate flag. That was the battle flag that flew over troops that were marching into battle. That was not the actual flag that represented the Confederacy. Um, that was just the flag that the Army of Northern Georgia flew over themselves, or Northern Georgia and Northern Virginia would fly over themselves when they went into battle. Um, however, um, that's when everything started because Dylan Roof was a murderous, um, crazy person mm-hmm. who uh, worshipped pretty much the KKK and worshipped the whole white supremacy movement. And as a result, it caused this issue. Um, and then you started having people demanding the flags being take da- taken down. Then you had people surrounding the statues and demanding they be taken down. All of these things are protected under United States law because every single one of the Confederate soldiers were honored as American veterans, um, and that was actually uh, uh, allowed to happen uh, because during the Reconstruction, the South was basically falling apart uh, because of the uh, – the the laws that were kind of going against Confederate troops and all that kind of stuff. So in the early 1900s, you had the laws that were passed that said any monument, gravestone, flag, or any other mark bearing the Confederate um, uh, history or anything like that um, should be recognized as actual uh, monuments to uh, a United States veteran. So any of these statues that are taken down illegally – it is just that it is illegal uh, and people are being arrested for it, especially that one that happened in Durham where the statue of Robert E. Lee was pulled down a few weeks ago. I think it was yeah. Robert Lee, um, but it was pulled down and you had a lot of uh, 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 social justice warriors spitting mm-hmm. on it and, you know, and, and doing all sorts of uh, obscene things to it. Now, do I care about a statue? No, I don't care about a statue. Um, do I think it's worth um, the amount of vitriol? No, I don't think it's worth that. Uh, is it important to me? Absolutely it's important to me. I, I think history is very important. If we forget history, it will repeat itself. Um, and it is repeating itself. Uh, I'll throw this last point out, and then I'll let you guys speak. Um, when you look back at the Weimar Republic uh, before World War II, you had the communists and you had the Nazis clashing in the streets, the red shirts versus the brown shirts. Ultimately, the brown shirts took over uh, the, the, the communists and expelled them and threw them into concentration camps and killed them and all of this kind of stuff. But it's exactly what's happening right now with Antifa and the Nazis. They're fighting in the streets, and ultimately one of them is going to win. And we have to call evil for evil. We have to call both evil if we don't. Unfortunately, it's going to cause even more issues in the future if we don't address them early. Right. I'm just not used to anyone referring to red shirts as something other than the characters on Star Trek that always died on away missions. <laughs> and and become kind of like the general term used for expendable characters in a movie or TV show. But anyway, not to get too off topic. <laughs> oh, that was good. Well, go ahead and throw your thoughts out there, Sean. I know you probably have a few. Um, no, I, th- I kind of feel like you covered things well. I mean, it's yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm, I'm not even really sure where to, where to go with that. I mean, it's just kind of um, for one thing. Yeah, I'm just kind of 
to be honest with you, I'm kind of sick and tired of talking about it. But yet at the same time, it's kind of, uh, you know, where did this all start? Like Steve mentioned and, you know, what do we do with it and who do we condemn if we need to condemn somebody or, you know, how do we just even just go on from here? Um, you know, maybe even just checking to see in our own hearts if there's any kind of um, racism or anything like that in your own life, uh, if you know if that's the case. But um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think you covered I covered I think you covered the ground there pretty well. Well, and I will also throw this out and pivoting a little bit, um, Steve. I think aren't, aren't you aware of uh, when Jonathan uh, is it Jonathan Welton Welton uh, Welton Academy? Okay. Um. The, the Prophet uh, Academy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he came out with like a meme a while ago, it was a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about praying for Kim Jong-un, started up a hashtag, uh, hashtag pray for Kim Jong-un, and a lot of that was happening. And, of course, you saw the video with uh, Jonathan Welton talking about a prophecy that he saw around, um, you know, demons surrounding him. A and, dream. And he had a dream. It was a dream, yeah. And so he saw Christian leaders. He didn't actually reveal who they were, but he said he saw Christian leaders um, and basically speaking over him and well, water pouring. Well, what he, what he, yeah, so th- to clarify the details you're mentioning, um, that he saw that Kim Jong-un had these three, de- in the dream, he had these three demons, and they all represented something that began with the letter A, and one of them was like uh, arrogance, the other auto. Autocr- what do you call it? Autocratic or whatever. Aristocracy um, or something or no, the, when, when no, someone's okay. an autocrat, uh, like autocratic dictator type of leader. And I forget what the third thing was. And he said that he saw four leaders who four you know, streams or whatever in the, in the body of Christ. And, you know, of course he didn't mention names, but you can guess who at least one of them probably is. And, um, so anyway, the, the two of them, were releasing something that took out the one demon and then the other two demons had like, you know, a leader each that their authority, their power or something or their, their anointing was, um, wiping that demon out or cleaning him or something. And that he became like a converted Christian, like Nebuchadnezzar. Do you remember that uh, part? So he was talking about like, um, in the dream, he, he gets saved, he gets converted and becomes this radically different human being that like, he's just this testimony of God changing a person to like the whole globe. And, um, so I think he drove the point home that this was the dream. And so, um, I, I did, I don't remember if I watched all the way to the end of the video, but I had the impression it was like a call to pray for, um, uh, so anyway, are you uh, you bringing this up because you're getting at how this was a few weeks ago and then all of a sudden this thing happened in America? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was almost like and, and I could sense it in the spirit before this happened. I went to the beach and I literally like I could feel in my spirit that there was something happening with uh, Kim Jong-un and that we should continue praying for him. And I kept posting things on Facebook about it had a few debates with people talking about how we should be praying for his death and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and of course I disagreed with that. Um, but all of a sudden this happened and it's, it's, you know, and, and we get distracted and we completely start turning our focus to, uh, something as carnal as, uh, as this. Um, and then, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Steve posted something about how he kind of got carried away with um, the whole Charlottesville thing. And as a result, he kind of lost focus of what we were supposed to be doing. Um, And he basically mentioned that um, this is a distraction. 
that's planned by the enemy to try to get us not to pay attention to what's really happening in the spiritual realm. And he said that our battle is not with flesh and blood. That's scripture. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and forces in the air. And that we should continue praying for Kim Jong-un, even during the whole Charlottesville thing, even during uh, any of these race riots and any of these things that are happening, because the enemy is seeking to try and divide the church. Um, and, and I believe that's what happened, because there's a lot of Christians that are calling out white supremacy and they're forgetting about Antifa. And then you've got some that are calling out Antifa but forgetting about Nazis. And then you've got some that aren't even talking about it at all, and they're trying not to be divisive, but in not being divisive, they're being divisive. Um, I just think that's kind of an interesting correlation, don't you? Who are you asking there, me or uh, Steve? <laughs> I, d- I agree. I just keep, I keep muting my mic for like all the noise going on upstairs, and uh, I forgot to turn it on to answer you. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on all that yeah i would i would agree with that that it's um sometimes it seems like if you've ever been to a sleight of hand show i guess they call them magic show um yeah so you know it's usually you look at the left hand where the right hand is actually doing doing this stuff behind this you know it's uh so it's kind of sometimes it's like hey look over here smoking mirrors over here well meanwhile on the other side it's everything's actually going down so uh yeah i think that sometimes it's uh certain Corporations, I'll say, media, whatever, in this in our country, tend to kind of blow things way out of proportion, and um, and you know, you talk to people that are to who actually live in the area there, and they're they have no idea what you're talking about. So it's like, so you're, so it's like, okay, so the media's been blowing this all out of proportion for nothing, and it's basically, yeah. So it's, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I do believe it's some some good smoke and mirrors stuff here going on. So it's uh, sometimes we just need to pull away from everything and just kind of. Ask God, say, "Hey God, what's what's really going on here?" And it's, um, I believe it is. I mean, it's obviously war in the heavenlies. Uh, it's obviously war in the, in the spirit there that we have to do, that we have to be mindful of, and um, to deal with that accordingly. Then, I agree. It's definitely interesting the timing of these events. Like, it seems every time there's some kind of big thing that, like, you know, some of our internet prophet friends are are you know releasing their their dreams or something about then the, the like the international conversation suddenly changes because something else comes up or happens. Like I remember, um, do you remember around the time of the Mitt Romney, Barack Obama election campaign? Um, I forget exactly what it was, but something like huge was going on in Israel, you know, like another flare up in the, the conflict between like Israel and Palestine or something. And it was like on everyone's social media and news and stuff. And then all of a sudden the Sandy Hook uh, massacre happened. And, and that was um, what everyone was talking about. And I mentioned that just because it's an example I remember off the top of my head where it seems like one moment that, you know, the Christians or the people who, you know, call people to pray and, and to be in intercession, they were talking about this and then something, something big happened like on American soil I don't think it's coincidental that it seems to be the pattern where it's something international, something, you know, in this case, um, the potential war that, you know, America and uh, North Korea could go to. And then all of a sudden something happens on American soil that like now that's the conversation and that's what everyone's talking about. Um, I find it interesting or at least curious that, that that seems to happen often. 
Yeah, smoke and mirrors, basically. Well, and I'm not a conspiracy theory and think, theorist in thinking that, you know, the government is doing this or that or whatever. But I will say that it is very interesting to see that. Um, and unfortunately, I think it is taking the, um, the focus off of Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't heard anything about, you know, Kim Jong-un in the media here recently. Yeah. It's yeah. been Charlottesville and it's been about all the different monuments and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, and, and, and all of that. And, and I haven't heard anything about Korea or whatever. I've heard he's decided to back down from attacking Guam on August 21st, which, you know, obviously that didn't happen because, mm-hmm. you know, Guam's still there. Um, does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying. Yes, it yeah, does. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't. Which is very cool. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say no, I don't. No. I don't think it's a matter of like a conspiracy uh, either. Uh, but if we understand, you know, we're not waging war in the the natural realm, but that this is a spiritual thing going on. Uh, then, then from that vantage point, for me, it's not a matter of um, you know finding it to be a coincidence or some kind of. It's just fascinating, and then of course. Uh, whether there is conspiracy or not, uh, it's definitely like the media is kind of in control of what information they're going to disseminate, uh, you know, and you have to be diligent about uh, whether you accept everything that you're told or not. But I definitely think it's it's a spiritual thing more than anything. Yeah, agreed. So I will go ahead and throw this out there, and this is a call for all of our listeners to continue praying for Kim Jong-un. And in addition to that, you know, pray for all the leaders in this world, um, you know, whether they be good or bad or whatever, it doesn't matter. There's no leadership, no authority that isn't established by God. We all know that it's all scripture. Um, we need to pray, um, for our leaders, whoever they may be, pray for their wisdom. Um, but there is a specific call, and I really believe this, to pray for Kim Jong-un and to continue praying for him. Because can you imagine if Kim Jong-un had a Damascus Road experience? Can you just imagine if all of a sudden he saw Jesus? Like, yeah. what impact that would have on the world? Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I just recently read a book called Escape from Camp 14. It's about a... A uh, young guy who was actually born in one of the concentration camps over there. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's all he ever knew until he was, like, in his early 20s or whatever. And he decided to uh, – him and another guy decided to to escape. Um, and it's just basically he, – he, you know, he got out eventually, and uh, he was living here in the States for a little while. But it was just kind of uh, – just to read his story, his account of how he lived and how the North Koreans lived, I mean, I was – I mean, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of like research and stuff like that about the Holocaust, and you know, the Holocaust is maybe um, not to minimize that at all. I mean, that was like you know five to ten years or so worth. Well, this is like five decades worth of like the same kind of torture. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's just the stuff that's going on over there is just absolutely insane. Uh, and yeah, it's it. You know, we need to keep we need to keep praying that um, that uh, that you know if 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 the if Kim Kim Jong Il needs to be taken out or something like that, then uh, then that'll happen. But or just you know that that things will be dealt rightly, that justice will be dealt, um, the people over there will get freed out of the camps and stuff like that. And just not even that, but just um, uh, they, I also wonder about what what's going 
on the with the church in North Korea. I mean, it's obviously Christianity usually really grows strongest in persecution, so it's it'd be interesting to see what's going on with that. But um, just also then, I mean, the people that are that are living over there is just they that's all they know. They don't know real freedom. So it's uh, you know how do you take from somebody who who grew up in absolute poverty, absolute um, government controlling your every move to now you're free to do what you want. I mean, it's just what they'd be dealing with would just be um, out of this world. So, well, and you know, South Korea has the largest Christian church in the world. Um, yeah, I think it's David Yonggi Cho is the pastor. Yeah, yeah, it's got like I forget how many members, like seven hundred thousand or something like that. I heard, or I, the number is just absolutely outstanding. So. Um, it's a crazy number. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. That's all? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the last numbers that I saw was like something like 872,000. And in the latest Sunday report that I saw, he had over 2 million people that were um, somehow in the church or like tuned into the church. I don't know how they do it all, but I just think that's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that church over there is is absolutely huge. Um, as far as that full, full as far as his uh, full gospel church there, I was actually just looking up online here real quick to see if I could find out any information real quick. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, I mean the church over there is just absolutely big, and it's actually really cool to hear his testimony about uh, how he started up with basically nothing and just a couple people, and they were praying. And uh, long story short, then you know years later, then it's. Uh, you know, his church explodes in size and stuff. So it's, um, yeah. And, and just even the fact that Seoul, Seoul, South Korea is so close to the border there that I guess that's one of the things that concerns a lot of people is, is that, um, that, you know, if we would attack first or something like that, then he could just blow up, blow Seoul out of the water, you know, blow him out of the, blow him out of the sky or whatever. So it's, um, it's not as, it's not as cut, cut and dry as and easy as what we'd like it to be. Um, I guess just cause all the dynamics of China and stuff like that going on over there. So, uh, yeah, not as black and white as what we'd like it to be. Well, it's certainly a dangerous, uh, dangerous environment. But uh, and that's where it gets kind of interesting about the whole battle with uh, not with flesh and blood, with the powers of the principalities uh, and the dark forces of the air. Uh, I mean, just just imagine for a moment that everything that happens in the spiritual realm is is mirrored in the physical realm, and that's what we're seeing. Um, it's just seen more as a carnal vision of what what's really happening in the spiritual realm if if that makes sense yeah totally yep all right so moving on uh we don't really have a whole lot of jibber jabber to talk about so we've been on for roughly about 45 minutes i don't expect this episode to be too too long because it was kind of a spur of the moment um uh episode that we kind of threw together at the last minute. Um, so I guess, uh, do you guys have anything you guys want to talk about? No. <laughs> it's Steve, I guess the question maybe for you would be, um, like what is Dan and Peru? What's kind of the, what do people, if they're looking up in the States here, what are they, are they like, wow, these guys are all crazy up there and we want nothing to do with them or, um, well, what's what's kind of the nobody really ahead. cares about America down here. They got their own problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody down here is uh that I interact with talk to that mm-hmm. other than like, you know, online expat community or something. Uh it's not 
the topic of much conversation that I know about, but instead other more localized problems or things. So, I mean, there's, there's some things that are universal, like corruption in the government, but people are mostly complaining and talking about that here, not America. Um, except for like the, I'd probably heard more conversation about North Korea than I did, uh, charlottesville here like i've had to inform people what happened because uh, it's just not specifically on the news here that i know of. like my wife watches all the, the news on this one channel we, we don't have cable we just have like four or five channels that come on on the tv and otherwise watch netflix and stuff and um and so i'd ask her questions about like if did she see the footage of the um you know that car that uh had, had crashed into the people she had no idea, you know, it had been a week and I had to kind of Google something and, and inbox it to her, you know, to see some footage of it. So, uh, I, I can't say that like a lot of people down here are really informed about it or speaking about it if they know what's going on. So what you're saying is America is not the center of the world. Oh God, no, I've definitely <laughs> been, been well aware of that for a long time. And all this time I thought we were. Oh, man. Well, we are the center of... The center of the center of the universe. <laughs> the center of North America. Right. The center of North... It, geographically, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think that's kind of interesting that uh, down in Peru, they're not even talking about anything that's happening here in the United States. Well, I mean, um, they, they do if something big happens, like with Donald Trump or whatever. Like, um, But it just in my sphere of influence, uh, I'm, I'm more in the know about the stuff going on right now with Charlottesville or whatever than most of the people I rub shoulders with down here in this area doesn't mean they're not talking about it or don't know what's going on or whatever, but I'm not privy to that being the case. So I'm sure what some of the criticism will be about this episode is that we've talked about uh, a little bit about racism and all that kind of stuff, but we're a bunch of white guys. So what right do we have to talk about it? So what right do we have to talk about it, Sean? Well, we're human beings. I mean, we all breathe the same air and uh, yeah. So it's, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I, I mean, I, I still I talk about it if we need if it needs to be talked about. But other than that, just try to you know live my life and help out people as I can. And uh, hey, if they're if they're a black man or woman, then hey, I'll help them out if I can, and we'll go from there. So it's uh, that's well, my solution to it. <laughs> well, I don't pretend my situation is anything like um, you know historically speaking, uh, and in general. Uh, African Americans, or you know, any any situation where you know the the, the you know the, I've heard statistics like how often you know a black uh, driver will be pulled over by by cops than than a white driver. I've, I've heard that kind of stuff, and so I'm not trying to say my situation is anything like that. But being an outsider living in like a Latin American culture. Uh, where I stick out like a sore thumb. People think my daughter's anemic because she's more like pink skinned than, than olive skinned, like everyone here and stuff. Um, I, I encounter all the time where people want to rip me off because, well, I'm the, the gringo, I'm the foreigner. I must have money. Um, you know, I've, I've got situations where, uh, my wife will go 
negotiate or with the salesperson or something. So they don't see me and go, Oh, well this is how much it costs then. And, um, and just these kind of things where you, you get used to being, um, unfairly treated or taken advantage of not, not in a way like, um, the police are going to do something to me, you know, unjustly, but more like, like a favoritism type of thing where like, Oh, well, uh, uh, yeah, well, this is, this is for you. It's this much in, in dollars instead of souls or whatever, or, you know, you hail a taxi and, uh, they, they want to, they want to charge you two or three times the, the fair rate to go where you're going. So it's like, okay, I'll get one of my Peruvian friends or my wife or someone to hail the taxi and I'll stand about 15 feet away. So they don't know it's for me just so I can get the fair, uh, price. And so, I mean, th- I've, I've grown accustomed to, uh, stuff like that, where just because by looking at me, you can tell I'm different than the locals. Like I'm, I'm taller on average than most. And, uh, and you know, I, you just look at me and you know, I'm not from here. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I encountered that kind of thing where sometimes it's like a fate, like one time, um, I went into a grocery store and I had my, I had a backpack on and, uh, my laptop was in it and it was a grocery store I'd gone into like 20 times. And on this occasion, like the security guard, pointed me to some lockers and said I had to leave my bag in one of those and then I could come in the store without it. And I was just like, wait, I've never been told I have to do this. And the guy said, no, it's everyone. It's policy. And I was kind of like secretly impressed that he was doing that. And then I went somewhere and I, and I got in a taxi and I was telling this taxi driver about it. And he basically said like, it's a type of racism, but where it favors you, you know, they would never ask you because they just assume a gringo can be trusted where they'll, they'll just kind of tell the the other Peruvian customers they have to do it, but they'll leave you alone because they just assume you're not going to do anything, you know? And so it's like, like I said, sometimes like there's this favoritism that works to your advantage or, or, you know, um, there is a well-known thing here that, uh, property owners prefer renting out to, um, foreigners because they, they don't trust each other. (laughs) They they would rather rent out to a foreigner because they know that they've got money. They'll they'll not damage my property. They'll pay their rent on time. Uh, whereas like something like um, thirty percent of of all renters are like don't pay their rent or they leave without paying their their last month or two or stuff like that. And uh, so anyway, they just like I said at the beginning of this, nothing I go through here is like what like people who go through actual racism, uh, experience. But I, I say that to say, um, it's giving, it's given me an appreciation, um, of like what that's like to some degree, even if in my case, it's a small degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I never, uh, I never heard of that reverse racism kind of thing that's what you're talking about like they're telling everybody else to put their bags in in uh lockers or whatever because they think the gringo can handle it that's kind of interesting well they 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 basically think they don't have anything to worry about with the gringo like they would their own people (laughs) like you know or like you know when the when my wife and i moved into the, the 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 house we live now the apartment really um i remember she said like um let me do the talking or, or let, you know, me go look at it first. So like they don't see you and then, then up the price that they're going to ask in rent, but that they'll charge us what they're really 
looking for, for it, <laughs> you know? And I mean, there's just these kind of things we, we do all the time, you know, like things where, uh, my wife says, no, I'll, I'll go buy the thing or, you know, if we're, we're getting like a stroller, you know, from, you know, a secondhand stroller from someone she met on, on like a Peruvian equivalent of eBay. And she's like, I'll go get it. You know what I mean? Like, so they don't try to upsell or, yeah. And because that kind of thing happens all the time. Or like, if you're happy, you know, you, you indicate you, you are excited to pay how little they asked you to pay and you, you accidentally gave it away that you think it's cheap. You know, you're like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. And then they go, oh crap, I shouldn't have said that. You know what? On second thought, it's this much, you know, like that's just a, it's just par for the course being a, a North American down in, in Peru, you know, and all the missionaries, down in I, Peru, yeah. all the missionaries I know, all the expats I know here, that's just how we, we, we would make a joke that there's a, there's a gringo tax, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, was, I had friends who lived down in uh, Haiti for a number of years and I went down there one time and, um, and they, there was, you know, white people in Haiti, I mean, they pretty much stuck out like sore thumbs. Uh, and they, you know, they'd send their, you know, they had people that worked for them there on, on their compound and, um, they would send their, their workers there to go to the market to buy food. Cause they were like, cause they knew that they, the price would get jacked way up because the white folks. So it's, you know, they assume that we have money, which I mean, we, you know, we're much better off than financially speaking than what probably some of those people were there. But, um, yeah, they would just send their, their workers there to, to buy the food to, to get a good price. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, as far as racism goes, I mean, I'm don't really, I don't really feel like I deal with it much, but then again, yeah, it might be kind of like Steve saying there, there's just kind of that I don't, uh, people tend to trust me for some reason. So I don't know. Yeah. White privilege. Apparently. Yeah. No, I, it, I guess it, so. I mean, I, I cringe when I listen to how overused that term is, but there's this yeah. type of privilege but it's a double-edged sword. If you come to a place like Peru or you're, you're like an American or Canadian or whatever, and you go live in some third world country, there's a type of privilege you have, um, for better or worse, you know? And I, I just gave you a bunch of examples of, of where it's like, it works against me, but, um, but the, the way it's used in this, this conversation, like with, um, racism and, and things in the States, uh, to kind of go back to, uh, towards the beginning when, um, we were talking about how there's like this vitriol that's directed towards, um, you know, this white privilege thing. Um, I don't, I don't know where it became acceptable that like, we're supposed to feel ashamed that we're white or something. Like I remember when Donald Trump got elected, this Canadian friend of mine who, um, let's just say he's very liberal. He's, he's very like pro things that like, if you are saved and read the Bible, I don't know how you could endorse and um, the the morning after uh, Trump was elected, he posted this status that said something like, I've never been more ashamed to be, you know, a white, uh, uh, straight male or something like that. And I was like, I didn't comment. I didn't bother with that. But I'm like, why? You know, why be ashamed of whatever you are, whatever your nationality, whatever your culture? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but again, I'm like that living in Peru and appreciating things are different here than they are where I'm from. And it's like, I, I didn't have any say in, uh, the, the culture I grew up in or the, 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 the race I was born. So like, why should I feel ashamed of, of something I had no control over? Uh, just because now it's kind of like 
fashionable to, to, to hate us or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making things worse for us <laughs> by saying that, but well, you what? triggered me. So I think I'm going to, I think I go to find my safe space or something right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about white nationalism and white supremacy is you're right. It does make white people kind of like, I don't know. It, it makes it harder to be a white guy because if, if, if they are out there saying white power and all this jazz and all that kind of stuff and, they're they're downright evil. They they definitely are evil. Um, but whenever I come out and I'm like, you know, hey, these guys are evil, but so are these guys, and all of a sudden I'm agreeing with the white nationalists because I'm calling both of them out. That's where I just really have an issue with the whole thing. But you would never see um, a website pop up about white singles or. Uh, whatever, but if if it's blacksingles.com or whatever, that's okay. Or black only club and a college, that's okay. But if you had a white only club, that wouldn't that wouldn't be acceptable, you know? Yeah. Like like just imagine if we had like a the white entertainment TV. I mean, I I personally don't care that they have the the BET. I guess the black entertainment television. I'm like I personally don't care. I'm like great, go for it. It's like that's awesome. I was like just let us you know if they want to do a a white entertainment TV, it's like let that be or Asian TV or whatever you want to do. So I'm like, I don't care. But I think the answer to that would be, well, like all sorts of the TV already is that. (laughs) And so that's why we have this, this special uh, black entertainment television channel. I mean, from how I understand that's, that's where some of this stuff comes from. It's kind of like, why is there a gay pride parade? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's because of feeling like there's an oppression, feeling like there's something where, okay, society already has this for the straights. You know, there's no straight pride parade because there kind of doesn't need to be one. Like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm for the, that lifestyle. Every other parade, every other parade is straight parade, straight pride. <laughs> it's yeah. Something like I that. Can, but, right. yeah. I can't even say that right. It's a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. It is pretty hard to say that, isn't it? <laughs> Straight pride. <laughs> right. Like we used to have in my city every every June, there was this day in June where there was a march for Jesus. So like all the churches who, you know, had people who wanted to attend it in March and we would just, uh, we would do that. And I remember thinking uh, the first year or two after I got saved was um, uh, they stopped doing it. Or they like I went to one or two of them and then they stopped doing it out of like, lack of attendance or something or, or some, something. And so this is like the late nineties, 2000, maybe. And I remember thinking, well, like, you know, they're not doing like an atheist pride parade. They're not doing a secular humanist pride parade or something or, you know, so like the, the point of the March for Jesus was like, of, of not being ashamed, you know, like Dr. Brown, Sean says, uh, you know, that they have that whole not ashamed kind of thing they do the outreach. And, um, well, that's the point of these things. Like there's not a shame in, um, you know, in our, in this case, this example, being a follower of Jesus there, there, you know, if they want to have a, a gay pride parade that the whole point is like, we're not ashamed. We want to broadcast, we want to march. And, um, so I, I think when those, these kind of things happen, it's, it's in reaction to not wanting to, to kind of be marginalized or on the outskirts or fringes or something. 
And so I, I think that's kind of why, uh, like a channel like that exists anyway. Not that I agree or, or disagree with it or whatever, think it's necessary, but I, I kind of can understand where they come from, I think, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I see your point there. It's a good point. I always have good points. Yeah. You do always <laughs> have good points. I just didn't have anything more to add to it, so. <laughs> I was like, that sums it up well, so, you know. All right. Well, we're coming past, and we're getting to uh, the hour mark, so we're going to go ahead and start winding down. I want you to go to facebook.com forward slash warriors on the wall, and you can like the Facebook page. Uh, We're going to be running a contest here shortly, um, again, uh, for a $100 Amazon gift card to like the page. Uh, Stay tuned to the page find out more information about it also uh you can go to patreon.com forward slash the warriors cry uh and there you can actually pledge a dollar a month 50 cent a month whatever you want to pledge uh per month or you can do a one-time gift uh, to kind of help out with the ministry of the warriors cry and warriors on the wall um just to kind of keep us going um and you know if we ever have to pay a guest to be on the program that's something that might actually be there so we can Uh, and to grow the podcast. So we definitely appreciate you listening. Next time, we're going to talk about something. I'm not really sure, but hopefully it'll be fun. What do you say? Yeah. Hey, James, did you get my list of demands that uh, that I have for this to be on this podcast tonight? Did you get those? I I emailed that list to you. Um, I'm sorry. I can't send you a headless goat. (laughs) Oh, man. I was really hoping. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty disturbing. I don't know where I came up with headless goat. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> kind of afraid now, actually. But <laughs> well, that's not as good as the lactating trout that uh, Steve tried to send me one time. The, the uh, lactating what again? The lactating trout. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you're not gonna you're not gonna comment on that, huh, Steve? <laughs> that's you, you triggered him again dude <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop doing that man you triggered him I guess Steve decided to hang up on us so we're gonna go ahead and end the podcast here we definitely want to appreciate you for uh, tuning in hey um, I, I, I was like I forgot to turn my mic back on I'm like <laughs> why are they not answering my comments <laughs> I kind of figured that's what you did anyway but it's just as well because there was just what no no point comments? in responding to that. Yeah. What were your comments? Because I'm sure they were fun. <laughs> there's no point in repeating them now. All right. Like I said, there's a lot of noise going on upstairs. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't come through. So I have my mic off. Uh, except, right, well, we- except for when it's my turn to talk or something. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, we definitely want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Share the podcast uh, on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else you want to share the podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, everywhere you can find the fine podcasts out there. Uh, we're there. Um, so like the podcast, share us, and uh, definitely appreciate you listening. And uh, tune in next time uh, where we'll talk about Sean for some reason. I'm not oh, really wow. Yikes. <laughs> That'll take five minutes. It'll be a whole podcast about Sean Landis and oh. you know why he's here. Wow. Okay. 
Let's have fun. With yeah. So maybe the next one can be um, an opportunity for Sean to justify his existence. There you I've, go. I've been trying to do that for like 34 years and I, <laughs> I'm not really coming up with much. So sorry. So the next episode will be 34 years worth of podcasting. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I've got that kind of time on my hands. <laughs> I don't think we have the bandwidth for that. <laughs> um, did you ever hear that Stephen Wright joke? You know, that comedian? And he said, uh, somewhere I, I, I saw um, a sign that said 24-hour banking. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to land the plane again. We're going we're we're to put both wheels down on the runway, and we're going to finish out this podcast. Definitely appreciate you listening once again. I'll probably have to edit out a bunch of stuff, but you sure uh, will. Uh, yeah, it, this this has been fun. So uh, definitely appreciate you. Hopefully the sound quality is uh, good. And uh, once again, that you share everything that we talked about, uh, like the drones that we all are, right? Right. Oh man, you let you let that secret out, dude. Really? You let the secret out? Oh, well, That's, whatever. Well, I'm going to be yeah. editing this a lot. I'm sure because I'm completely like delirious right now i'm probably taking out everything i say so that works (laughs) (laughs) the podcast is gonna be 15 minutes long when he's done with it (laughs) good times cool all right well we thank you for uh tuning in again and we're done with this podcast so i'm stopping recording now okay bye This is Warriors on the Wall on Warriors Cry Network. Check out our other podcasts on iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn Radio, the web, or wherever else you like to listen.